0: What's up, GenXers? I am Stew Monkey, and I support GenX Grownup through Patreon, because they are the raddest thing since Max Hedron. You should totally support them too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners to this Backtrack Edition of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? The Backtrack Edition is, as you probably already know, the episode where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This episode, we celebrate four iconic Generation X comedies, which are, this year, celebrating their 40th 4-0 anniversary. These include a workplace kidnapping, an in-flight airline emergency, a wrongful arrest for bank robbery, the unsafe usage of dangerous explosives. Yes,
1: because those are all comedy topics. Yeah, all staples yeah. of comedy <laughs> films. Yes, but yeah, all comedy I'm not lying. gold and there. all
0: make sense eventually. Wax yeah. on, wax off. It'll all yeah. come back around. I promise. <laughs> hilarity ensued. <laughs> That's, it always does. Before we jump into these oddly plotted comedies, we have some fourth listener email, and uh, our old friend and supporter Chad has written us again, and he wrote in talking about collectible glasses. Ah, yes. Yep. Uh, Chad says, "I love this episode. It brought back a lot of memories." I still Still have a bunch of the star wars smurfs muppets burger king and looney tunes glasses well
1: damn you chad <laughs> wow jesus just rub it in our faces why You're don't right. you
0: let's just give you my address you just ship them that's fine it's easy <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says Mo I definitely remember the jelly jar they you. were much easier to collect without duplicates because you could look at them right that's there in right. the store and see yeah, what was absolutely. on the jar absolutely he goes on to say the last glasses I remember collecting were the DC superhero line that came out in the late 70s wow oh. on a side note I hate ET2 <laughs> 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 well it was you Mo who said you didn't get it like you didn't understand I, I did. the I, appeal. I mean I, it was
2: an okay. K movie, but I don't understand like, you know how it was huge that summer. I yeah, mean, why was it so enormous? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, because it was, I, it
0: was Spielberg and it was better than others. All the way through like that movie yeah, was still playing. It was plain.
2: ridiculous, yeah. It
0: was. Chad says, I actually walked out on it and played video games in the lobby while my family watched the rest <laughs> Wow, <of> the movie. <laughs> that's hardcore. Nope. My parents would beat me if I just walked out and played games, but good on you, Chad, if you can get away yeah. with it. That's fine. He says, I've tried watching it again with my son, but I still don't like it. I did have some of the E.T. glasses, though. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, of course. Finally, before his salutation, he says, "John, stick to your guns with Goonies. You don't need to see it." Oh, okay, Chad's I have to disagree done. with that's Chad it. on
2: this one. I have to I'm just done with Chad it. now. Yeah, that, that's you know.
0: <laughs> Chad, I'm eventually going to have to watch this Chad, but it's nice to hear someone supporting me in my uh, my defiance of watching mainstream. Film. Yeah, it's definitely going to be on a 40th anniversary. Your defiance thing of, of some watching sort.
1: mainstream. All four of these films were mainstream
0: films <laughs> that we're about to talk about, and many of them I hadn't seen, so it's still true. <laughs> Chad signs off my favorite salutation forever fourth listener, Chad. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> thanks, Chad. Oh, thanks for stirring the pot there. That's, uh, a yeah, brief that's fun. always fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We'd love it when the fourth listener writes in. If you'd like to have your email featured on the show, just hit us up at podcast at dot We read every single one of them and most make the episode. All right, if you guys are ready. It's time to jump into these 40th anniversary comedies right after this. They did it to you before, now they're going to do it to you again. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are ready to drive you stir-crazy. Oh! They're the world's most hilarious comedy team, doing what they do best. Wait a minute, I'm not a troublemaker. Skip! Skip! Okay, no more hitting. Did you hear what I just said?
2: No more hitting. Skip!
1: Oh, me back to I my
2: Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Let's get into this. So we're going to look at four comedy films, regardless of John's intro. These are all comedy films. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the implication. And really just kind of talk about what we thought of at the time when we saw them, why we added them to this list for good or mm. bad reasons, as we're going to yeah. get into later.
0: And how they hold up, which is and kind how, of interesting. Yeah, how will
2: they hold up, because we all rewatched them all in the last week or so, right? So yep. let's start off with a, a one that was on the list that I thought was an instant check. Yes, we have to do this one.
0: We had to do this one. Okay. Yeah.
2: Which was Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy. Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. ah, yep. Gene Wilder, sure. directed by Sidney Portier. I don't know if you guys knew that.
1: Yeah, I did see that in the credits, and I was yeah. going to bring that up. Yeah, which is surprising.
2: Yeah, it was one of the largest grossing films of a comedy directed by a black director. It was <laughs> like, huh. of a, broke all the records for that too. Really, and I remember this movie came out because this was like a follow up movie because they were both together in um, Silver Streak.
1: Was this a follow up to Silver Streak?
2: Okay, it, it wasn't follow up, but it was like a buddy.
1: Like they they kind of went right, to do not that a same sequel, buddy but like let's take those right. people and use right. them again. Yeah. Yeah, like again. team
0: them up. The team up.
1: How many times did they do films together? I know it felt like they did like twenty together, but
0: it was probably no, just they didn't a do
2: couple. That many. Yeah, I think it's just like three maybe all together. But the chemistry worked between them.
0: And this is one of those we talked about that I had never seen ever until wow. preparing for this show. Yep.
1: and you know Mo you said the chemistry worked between them I didn't
0: feel that in this film
1: really no like the best example I can give of that is the scene when they're still in New York and they're in the little diner where the cabbie mm-hmm. and the rich guy are arguing and fighting and grabs his nuts mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a pair of pliers that thing <laughs> yeah. but scene. When scene. Gene <laughs> Wilder first comes in to talk to Richard Pryor and Pryor is just staring at the woman dancing at the jukebox their two styles of delivery in that moment don't work for me at all they clash really hard it was hard for me to watch because they're both comic geniuses no
0: question about that but yeah i didn't think they fit well together there hmm. okay well if you're like me and never saw it let's start with a little <laughs> synopsis so skip and harry are framed for a bank robbery and end up in a western prison the two eastern boys are having difficulty adjusting to their new life until the warden finds that skip has a natural talent for riding broncos with the inter-prison rodeo coming up <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah how did that pitch go <laughs> well, let the reasons exactly I I never saw this. So, first of all, I thought this was about an insane asylum. It's called (laughs) Stir Crazy. It has people in bird costumes on the cover, yeah. and it, it stars Gene Wilder and Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, certainly this must be about an insane asylum. No. It's the ultimate bait and switch. I'm like, there's nobody crazy in this movie. It's just the, the bird costumes are literally one scene where they're in the bank and they get framed for robbery, and that's right. it. Well,
1: and they're how they get framed, right? right. I mean, yeah. Because right, the they use the bird costumes it. as the yeah. reason. Right. That's right. fair.
0: But I think that's why I never watched it despite the fact that it had these two big stars in it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the stir is no name for prison, you
1: right.
2: know, so that's where the title comes from. Oh! Uh-
1: Wait, are you just now
0: figuring that out? You know Goonies watching Son of a Gun? Listen, 30 years to solve a Rubik's Cube. It took me 40 years to understand the title of Stir Crazy. (laughs) I didn't get it. Yes. I didn't get it. Okay. All right. Welcome to the joke.
2: Yeah. I I mean, the plot was definitely... And you look at the the heading, you know, like you said, the movie poster and all that stuff. It definitely did not give you a sense of what the movie was about. But I thought once they were in the prison, I thought that's where the movie got really funny. I thought it was just hilarious. The characters in the prison and the whole premise, you know, the whole point of them trying to convince Gene Wilder's character to join the rodeo and he's trying to
0: hold out. Yeah. I thought that stuff
2: was just hilarious.
0: It was almost like two movies. There was like the setup yeah. like went on a little long and then the entire thing in the prison. Like going back to what George was talking about, I mean, you said you didn't feel the chemistry between the two leads. Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor, I can only think back then they were already stars in their own right. Mm-hmm. Sure. But even then, I wonder if anybody on set could have known that they were working with basically the like these two national treasures these like comedic mount rushmore figures because I, like I don't see anybody yeah. that measures up to them even today yeah on their own now together yeah but oh together
1: there are tandems that blow them away no offense they yeah there are
0: tandems that beat them oh sure but in their own right imagine going back in time and going i'm on the set of stir crazy with these two guys yeah
1: yeah i mean it's something that like a person like joe beth williams who plays the love interest that gets shoehorned in at the very end of the film yeah yeah somebody like her she can say hey i'm you know a decently well-known actress of the 70s 80s 90s era but i was in a movie with richard pryor and gene wilder of course that's Got to be a feather in her cap, but I did want to point out this wasn't an original idea either. This was almost a direct ripoff of a somewhat serious film, Burt Reynolds The Longest Yard. Burt Reynolds is a character who gets thrown into jail and at the prison. They have this warden who wants to have a football team.
0: Football, You're right. And he's a professional oh football goodness.
1: player. It's the exact same thing. They just took The Longest Yard, which the came longest out three yard? years. Is that like 78 or, or 77. Yeah.
0: 77. So it came huh. out three years
1: before. I think they just took that and said, let's stick Wilder and Richard Pryor in this and make it a comedy. And that's why, to me, it didn't feel that strong. Hmm. Oh,
2: well, okay. I, I understand that. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I mean, even watching Second Time, I did, there's definitely some parts of it that I'm like, oh, okay. I don't remember this second. <laughs> Being this long, you know, in memory, you know, it's like, oh you know, god, yeah. The scenes I remember being funny were still funny. Okay, the stuff that I remember from back then, you know, when Gene Wilder's in solitary, yeah, like they're locked and it's and not bothering open,
0: him at all. Yeah, right. They open <laughs> a door, and he's like,
2: "Can I stay like for just a little bit One longer, more day, so please? Close. I've almost please. gotten in touch
1: with myself." Yeah.
2: You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but some of it is definitely like you can see that Richard Pryor is not. I mean, Gene Wilder was definitely the more probably accomplished actor at this point,
0: whereas Richard Pryor was an amazing stand-up comic, right? right. Right. And his yeah, acting was transitioning just, was into acting, a big
2: stand-up, basically. I think he yeah. was kind of doing like a big stand-up thing. But still, I mean, it did well in the theaters. I mean, it did one of the highest, well, sure.
1: the, the third grossest film. I mean, you put Gene Wilder a, and Richard Pryor's name on the poster, people are going to yeah, buy well. tickets. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Especially in back in the 80s, of course, yeah, 1980s. Yeah, there wasn't as much competition as there is now. There were no streaming services. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't more interesting to stay at home and watch you, stuff you just go to the movies. And
0: there just weren't as many of them out. You know, touching back on something that both George and Mo, you both said is kind of like parts of it seemed longer than you remember and also you were saying George how there was that shoehorn love interest and I yep. felt after watching the entire film it felt like script by committee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the subplot of the uh, the romantic interest just felt so artificial you just happen to be there you know with your attorney and you fall in love with her and she reciprocates and actually likes him that seems so unlikely oh. yeah in
1: like in one scene too, in one conversation just all of a sudden, the romantic flame like she had never met him before
0: yeah oh but come on it's G.O or He's charming. Come on. <laughs> he ain't that damn <laughs> charming. Okay. No. Okay. All no. right. All right. All right. Well, and I was confused by people's motivations. Like why were they motivated to help them or, you know, and and the prison break was could they come up with a more convoluted prison break? Yes. Okay. One guy at a time rolls underneath a board and then he's out for a while and they get in a rolling food cart. I'm like, oh, really? Well, and so so that's fine. I
1: understand to me like the rolling food cart part that made the most sense because that was a direct path from where they were at to where they needed. To get to, why did they have to then some of them climb up an air conditioning shaft yes, and go into separate bathrooms just so the gay <laughs> character could wear a female <laughs> outfit as he came out of the women's it was bathroom? Like all that
0: work to get to that joke because it was, <laughs> funny. <laughs> it was, it was funny. funny, it was funny, it was, it,
1: was, it was a lot of setup. I, I mean, I totally
2: agree with you. I mean, the
1: one payoff was that he kissed Richard Pryor at the very end, and Richard Pryor was rubbing his lips <laughs> to get the kiss off. Come on, it wasn't even that good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah
2: granted, I mean, I totally agree with. With you. I think this movie is full of great moments, like really funny moments.
1: It's okay moments.
2: Yeah, They're okay oh, for moments. me, I thought those were really some funny moments. Like when the okay. guy starts singing opera.
1: Okay, I want to point out, you know why that guy sang opera? He's an opera singer. He's an opera singer. That Grossberger guy is the guy who played Dynamo in The right? Running Man. Yeah, yep. I actually looked him up
0: because I'm like, yep. who is this mountain of a man? I <laughs> thought it was
1: like one of King Kong Bundy's cousins.
0: He looked just like King Kong yeah. Bundy, the oh, old really? wrestler. Yeah, one of those no neck kind of like beefcake yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> funny, looking back
2: at the convoluted escape, you know, the thought that back when I remember when I first saw the movie, my thought at the end was, he just left. Left the opera singer dude behind. Well nobody was there for him. <laughs> Number one, he
1: couldn't roll under that damn board oh, know, that they I were don't. all going underneath.
2: But as elaborate a plot they came up with, they could have figured out something. <laughs> yeah. Figured oh. out a way. <laughs> right.
1: The one guy, the Spanish guy, the Latino guy, it was his sister or his wife and yeah. cousin that helped break him out. They were the hot yes. dog cart mender, popcorn people, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they were the ones that were on the outside helping him. But I understood them leaving them that guy there because he was convicted of like multiple murders. He was the
0: real criminal of that group but he was so nice
1: he was well he turned out to be
0: nice he didn't start off that way (laughs) so i guess it's vindicated to have a jailbreak if you're actually innocent but probably the most unbelievable part of all of it was (laughs) okay it's a comedy (laughs) they made the jailbreak they're out so that now now they've created a new offense by breaking out of a prison and the attorney goes Mm -hmm. oh you're free now no worries i'm like oh
1: they caught the guys this
0: morning so i could just instantly be free you're not going to prosecute me for the jailbreak at all oh sure (laughs) just you're good you're free
1: and they yeah yeah. the yeah, guys, uh... the same morning, and the judge somehow gets a, an adjudication yeah. to free them and convict the other guys all in the same
0: few hours. On, on what is no doubt a Saturday, the hey, day of the rodeo. This is
2: back in the 80s. The court
0: system ran totally different back then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The courts were a lot more efficient. Oh. <laughs> all right. so Yeah. Not.
0: Yeah. The judge is up on Saturday freeing felons. Yeah. You know,
1: I think it points out that back then you could have a comedy and it didn't need to make sense as long as you laughed at the jokes. That was all a comedy needed to be back then. And you can still do that. I think that, uh, I think nowadays people are a little bit more sophisticated and the story has to make sense because if there is any plot hole in it some jerk is going to go on
0: moviepoopshoot.com dot com and point it out well, yeah
1: the difference
0: is the internet the internet is the difference and
1: everybody's going to complain Yeah, right. it's okay I you yeah. can
0: have a little opinion go like that seemed weird and then it's done you enjoyed the movie now mm-hmm. you can say that seemed weird let me go be angry about it on Reddit and everybody jumps in and joins your flame war right That's, who the hell was yeah. Grossberger let me see yeah. he didn't dissolve well, back
2: in the day it was more like this, like where the a group of small friends would get together and we'd like argue about just it. Just
1: bitch amongst yourselves and if nobody the supported end. your right. opinion, you the died there. Well, but... and more often than not, you were just really, when you got together as a group of friends, you were quoting lines from the film more than you yeah, were oh, yeah. arguing about yeah. the film. So
0: yep. if true, the true. film
1: had a lot of quotable lines in it, that made it good when I was that,
0: young. Good point. That's a yeah. really good point. You know, and the, be- the beginning of the film that starts in Manhattan, I just want to mention before we get out of stir crazy. Oh my God. I loved, I've loved all these films, but this one specifically seeing the kind of slice of life what the cars look like and the hair looks like and the fashion looks like because back then it was just it was contemporary but watching it now is like look how hard they work to make this like set in the 80s I'm like no 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 wait this This is the 80s 80s. (laughs) oh really it's actually late 70s right so it's it's bell bottoms and stuff Uh, and that was just really cool I like the time capsule aspect of seeing these old films I think sometimes the structure doesn't survive as well like we've talked about yeah
1: I expected every one of those cars to break down not just the van that did break down Down. I expected <laughs> right. every single car they drove in that Because every to break car down. I ever had
0: to look like that always broke down. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it was pretty cool seeing it.
0: So before we get out of Stir Crazy, I want to do a quick round robin. What is your token rating of Stir Crazy today, as you just rewatched it? How many tokens would you give Uh-oh. it? George, go. Oh, Lord. Uh oh.
1: Okay. That's um, not going to be friendly. Okay, just say it. <sighs> I'm going to give respect it. your opinion. <laughs> That's right. Not you, but Even when it's wrong. (laughs) Right, even when it's wrong. It's going to be wrong in both your eyes, I'm sure, in this case. I can't give it more than two and a quarter
0: tokens, really. And I'm struggling Hmm.
2: to
1: give it that quarter.
2: Okay, that's actually more than I thought you'd give it, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah? All right, so I'm going to go, and uh, if it was a super cut of all of Gene Wilder's scenes, I'd give it about four tokens. But, um... I didn't really like, I don't think I'll ever rewatch Stir Crazy. I just didn't like it that much. So, George, you're highballing. I'm going to say two tokens for yeah. Stir Crazy.
1: Yeah. I was trying to be nice because I was afraid of upsetting you. That's not, you're, you no, okay. okay. that's okay. I get Everybody it. I says get it. that. No, how about you? <laughs> Stir Crazy. So, how would you rate it? I would give it three. Three. Okay.
2: All right. That's all right. less than I thought you would give it. Yeah. Cause when I first thought, like, if I, before rewatching it, I probably would have said four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Take off the rose colored glasses. Now that
2: I rewatch it, I'm like, I yeah. said, okay. I remember all the funny parts and I spent the movie waiting for for those funny parts to come around again.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And,
2: and the rest
0: was just
1: filler. The rest was filler. So maybe this is one of those films that didn't quite hold up over the 40-year gap as well as some of the others did. Yeah, that's fair. And was,
2: I think it was just a, I think is what you guys pointed out. is like just the story. I was, I was probably paying more attention to the story. And right. I was like, wow, it's kind
0: of weak. You know. It is kind of weak. <laughs> um, but still, yeah, I would give it three. All right. So amongst us, it's about a two and a half token or so average, yeah, give or take. Two, two to right. three, somewhere in that range. That's my quick uh, math. So, okay. <laughs> 20th Century Fox presents a tribute to anyone who has ever been overworked, underpaid, and pushed to the edge by an ungrateful boss. Uh They arrive promptly at nine, because if they're not on time, they know they'll get the sack. But before they begin the daily grind, the boss takes his cup black.
1: I'm Alison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.
0: our first 40th anniversary film was uh, two huge stars coming together to uh, be a buddy comedy together. Uh, this next one we have is three stars in their own right that came mm-hmm. together, but they were all genres. in the same kind of, yeah, their own different genres. In this case, it was female stars Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton, and Jane Fonda brought together mm. for nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yes. So before we jump into the super detail, the description, Franklin Hart thrills in taking advantage of his head female office staff, humiliating downplaying, and condescending whenever possible. Co-workers Violet, Doralee, and Judy have had enough, and after a freak accident occurs, they kidnap their boorish boss, assume covert control of the department. This yields huge improvements of productivity leaps, but how long can they keep him a prisoner in his own house? Yes. This was, (laughs) it's the second most favorite on our list
1: today of the films we're doing. And I think mainly because... I got to share this film with my mom when it first came out. We watched this together Mm -hmm. and she loved this film. She was a female office worker. And during the eighties, she was of course just derided and taken advantage of left and right. Plus it's her nature to just whatever anybody tells her to do. She was happy to, you know, do it and everything. I think she loved this movie because she could relate to the characters and their and a so revenge much.
0: story. It's it is getting
1: back. Now at. she didn't yeah. ever want revenge on people, but she could relate to their suffering. Oh, sure. She did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I enjoyed so much that the two of us were laughing at the same points in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the big ones, Dolly Parton, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's two of the big ones. Oh. Two of the
1: big ones. <laughs> She was one of our favorite singers at the time. We really liked her music. So Mm -hmm. the fact that she had one of the greatest movie theme songs of all time with nine to five as part of this Mm -hmm. film made this just super engrossing and engaging for the two of us. That's why I enjoyed it so much.
0: I love that. That's a recurring theme for you, George. Many times we've come across things that you have latched on to and enjoyed because of the experience you shared with someone in your family, which is really neat. And I think you can't underestimate the power of what was the group experience, you know, like the, the, friends you went and saw Empire with or mm. the family, the, the, you know, the members, you know, some sister that you saw Ghostbusters with or whatever. And those kind of things really kind of burn that in your memory beyond the experience of the film. And I love that that keeps coming up. You mentioned Dolly Parton mm-hmm. and uh, my dad loved Dolly Parton for a number of reasons, but he was a huge country and western fan. So he loved her music. She did tons of duets with so many other artists. Mm, yes. I mean, she was super talented. I mean, is super talented. And of course, there's the obvious that she has this huge bust, but man, I love watching this now, knowing that Dolly Parton has basically become Batman. She's like this super philanthropist that takes care yeah. of her community and donates to stuff. She's like in that, that Keanu Reeves mold. that She predates Keanu Reeves. She's like, she's got this fame. Like, give it back.
1: She's Oprah Winfrey without seeking the publicity. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nobody knows that she has that one thing that for like
1: the last 20 years, every kid that lives in that area has gotten the books they needed for school yeah, every yeah, kid she just yeah. sends books to everybody it's crazy right no, no yeah. questions asked you need books yep. here you go books books books
2: well the thing about this movie is you know staying on dolly parton was like i think this one everyone's like wow
0: she's actually a pretty good actress she was right <laughs> yeah right I mean, this was
2: like her earliest role i think that
0: like major film role and was like she actually and she had a few more that were all hits best little House in texas, yeah. Yeah. She, was in, texas. Well, she was great yeah. in we've mentioned that one before oh, oh yeah. yeah
1: i think it shows just how talented these actresses and actors were they tried to do like a crap be spin-off TV version of this thing. I remember oh, yeah. them trying that. It bit the yeah. dust quick. Like, it didn't make it long at all, if I remember right. And that's because you had this perfect... Balance. And it wasn't just the four main stars. It wasn't just Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton, and Dabney Cole. It wasn't just all those four people. All the supporting cast, like the woman who kept saying,
0: who was the drunkard, at a girl. Yeah. It was like a big ensemble cast, just happened to have some big stars in it that got the focus. Yeah. It was so fun. I really enjoyed it. So getting into the body of the story of this film, watching it again after all this time, I still enjoyed it. It is such a subversive, dark film. So in the beginning, they, All get together and get high and decide yeah. how they're going to fantasize about killing the boss, played by amazingly by Dabney Coleman, who and that's I, his role. What I, <laughs> I have I seen him in? But I always remember him in that role. He is yeah. such a misogynist Cloak and dagger. He was but really he doesn't good in come that. across as creepy as you think he would be. He's funny being that terrible person. Yeah. That I enjoyed in it. So first there was all the fantasies about how they're gonna and it was kind of themed. Like Dolly Partons was very like she's roping a calf because she's yep. a country he star. She's gonna yeah.
1: like kind of sublimely did that. Lily Tomlins was Alice one. Wonderland, Snow White right. kind of thing. Yeah, I yep. thought
0: each of those fantasy sequences was great, and it's mm-hmm. it's very '80s to go. Let's just think in our minds about what we're going to do and do whole scenes where we imagine what might happen.
2: Yeah, I see. I feel like we see that a lot. And all, all of them. I mean, Lily Tomlin. I love her so. Man. Genius. Everything she's in. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. Everything she's in. Genius. I mean, even yeah. like serious roles versus because she wasn't really like a the main comedy push on this one. I mean, she. I mean, there was, she comedy was kind of a Straight man in this case. Yeah, she, she wasn't. She? Her, but she does yeah. it so well. She. I mean, she's just so talented it was just crazy no
1: the situation was the main comedy push in this one not none of the actors were were trying to be funny haha <laughs> funny yeah you're right yep i john you mentioned that at the beginning of the film they got together and they smoked weed and they had these fantasies but i want to point out that before that they really didn't get along it wasn't until no they saw no, there was were, there, there, were, there was backbiting and accusations oh, really? kind of yeah yeah there kind of was rumors yeah. yeah at the very beginning Lee was supposedly sleeping with the boss and everybody hated her because she was the slut of the office they just assumed oh, right right, right. Yeah. And, you know, Judy, she was just the the new person that nobody wanted to take the time to get to know because she probably wasn't going to be there very long because she was a housewife who had never worked before. (laughs) I like how they started the film off that way because it allowed you to find one or multiple characters to care about. And then when they did come together as a group- And they all care about each other, you have an avenue
0: in. You have a vector in that you're now part of the group. Yeah. Well, continuing on the whole dark theme, the whole conceit of this film is multi-week false imprisonment. (laughs)
2: yeah <laughs> kidnapping essentially yeah
0: it, it, yep. at first it was just gonna oh we'll hold him here we'll just keep him from telling somebody what happened because he well i forget what happened i hit him in the head so with he something fell. Right? They
1: no no he had fallen over because yeah. she had brought him coffee he had the chair that was already broken that he'd been asking to have back, replaced yeah. for a while right, right it fell backwards while he was about to drink the coffee and it knocked him unconscious <laughs> and then she hogtied him when he was going to say something <laughs> well yeah later on because uh, <laughs> after he gets out of the hospital the next day he comes in and he he figures out their Plot what had happened because right. his well, they thought he was right hand that person point. had overheard him in the bathroom. I'm yeah. going to tell the whole damn movie
0: <laughs> right here on the podcast because I haven't
1: memorized. You should see this film. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's like they're protecting themselves. They're going to hold him for a little while. His wife is is away on a trip. She's away on a trip. Yep. And like, you know what? We'll just chain him to the ceiling and keep him for the rest of the week. And then it turns out we have to keep him for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they just decide, yeah, that's the best solution. Just keep him as a prisoner. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? What could go wrong?
1: You know, you talk about that, John. I want to point out that this film released in 1980. Obviously, we're talking about 40th anniversary films. The reason why they had to wait so long was because they had to wait for the head office to give them a report, a list of contents of a warehouse and it was going to take them six weeks to get that report right yep in today's age obviously that plot line wouldn't make any sense whatsoever <laughs> right. there's no way we just push it would take generate six report weeks to get information. and you would have it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't do that film now you had to do it in that time frame in that time period and that's why i still enjoy it so much now granted i have The extra thing of, you know, seeing this film with my mother and having those extra attachments to it. So I know I have rose colored glasses, but I rewatched this film for this episode and I still sat and laughed and cried and had fun with this film. Not thinking of anything about when my mother and I watched it, but I just enjoyed the film itself way more than stir crazy which we had just talked
0: about this film yeah. felt cohesive all the way through it mm-hmm. did this was a well-structured film even though some of the stuff was a little bit uh unbelievable or not sure likely <laughs> it still was in such a way that you're like well i can see the logical progression i'm not questioning anyone's motives i get it mm-hmm. and and then you had that cast that was so entertaining and so man yeah, you know, across the board I, i'm gonna i'm gonna hazard to guess it fares a little better in our ratings what we would give it so let's see what you know what i'll start this time okay what Okay. rating we all get right. i'll start um i've seen this before i rewatched it just like you did george and i want to say um by today's standards i would give this probably three and a half tokens all okay. right
2: okay. what about you mo It was funny because uh you know that i was kind of like oh really we're gonna do this movie <laughs> it wasn't your first choice that's right Yeah, it was yeah. not my first choice after watching it i actually originally intended okay i'll kind of fast forward through it
0: now had you seen it before you had oh, yeah, just, yeah i, I saw okay, it like, right. way we
2: watched it now okay. i never had desire to rewatch it um so i started re- watching it i was like okay i'll just sort of you know skim it skim it. wind up watching it through okay and it was it was a good movie i mean it was it was maybe it was because i saw it so young that maybe i didn't really appreciate it as much you know that kind of thing probably yeah but like you said it was it was a a really well done movie and i think the thing that really carries this movie unlike stir crazy was that just the quality of the acting i mean everybody in this thing was just a phenomenal actor and it was a well-written story and and all that stuff so i really actually enjoyed watching it and I can even see me watching it again sometime in the future okay of the rating though I mean the plot is funny because these days this plot seems almost wow we've done this plot like a thousand times you know like it's it's been done so much but of course this is probably the original that's probably started all these kind of plots (laughs) so I would actually give this one probably I'd say about three and a half stars as well before this movie I would have said probably two
0: (laughs) before we we rewatch but definitely I would say three and a half okay it was was a good movie how about you I saved you for last because I think you I'm guessing you're going to rate it the highest
1: yeah no I'm definitely a little bit higher than your two ratings although I completely understand your two ratings and don't disagree with them. It's a solid film all the way around. I don't know that it holds up today because of certain plot points that are not that just wouldn't make today. sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. uh, but like Mo said, the acting is phenomenal. John, like you said, all the logical progression points make sense mm-hmm. yep. as you step through the film. I like how they reference things. John, you talked about originally they got together and they had the fantasies of how to kill them. I liked how they then reused the things that they did in those fantasies yes, in in the did. real life yep. scenario that happened yeah, later. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like
0: firing the gun later. Firing and the gun, like that. Yeah, the hog yeah, tying, all, this, all that kind or, of stuff. Like calling back to their fantasies. The right.
1: rat poison in the coffee. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. with that all being said, I'm trying to keep my memories of enjoying this with my mother <laughs> out of the rating because I don't think <laughs> okay. that's fair. Sure. Um, so You do you. Whatever you think. Even with that not in the picture, I would still put this at four tokens out of
0: five for me. Yeah, I can see that. Good film all around. So it's a solid mm-hmm. like three and three quarters tokens or so. Yeah. That's solid. Rating by the group of us oh for sure awesome all right we have a couple contentious ones coming up next (laughs) stick around welcome to the bushwood country club the membership's exclusive you think i'd join this crummy snobatorium the help is outrageous the madness is contagious bad language fooling around on the course poor caddying what is whole place caddy shack
1: coming up on five minute news Guys, it's time to talk about the film that probably has the greatest soundtrack artist of the 1980s, <laughs> Dolly Parton? No, Dolly Parton was <laughs> awesome, but she didn't do that many soundtracks. So she she did great. This one being associated with Kenny Loggins is one of the parts of this film that endears it to my heart. I know it's stupid to say that a soundtrack makes the movie for me, but in this case, a lot of points do. I don't think so. There's something fishing going on at the elitist Bushwood Country Club and the scheming president of the clubhouse, Judge Smales, has something to do with it. But the (laughs) suave golf guru and the filthy rich construction magnate are on to him. In the meantime, the young caddy Danny struggles to get his life back on track and the only way to do it is by winning the demanding Caddy
0: Day Golf Tournament in Caddy Shack. Caddy Caddyshack. Another film that I had never seen Seen until we prepared, for unbelievable that this you podcast. hadn't seen this. Wow, how'd you miss this? this is, I, that's right up there with Goonies. Really, it honestly is. I, oh I, I don't know how. You know, I'd seen pieces of it, and so let, let's start right at the top. So I push play, and I, I made a note. <laughs> I saw your note on this, and I said. God damn it. He never watched this film back in the my day. My note says, does this really start with a dancing gopher puppet? Yes, yes right. it really does. That's awesome. The gopher was awesome. <laughs> and he dances, for, but, you know. but it's a puppet, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So you have to look. I it. had to <laughs> update my comment and say, P.S. It also ends with a dancing gopher <laughs> yes, puppet. That's right. <laughs> the perfect bookend. <laughs> to this movie i'm like this is the seminal comedy they want me to see and it's a dancing puppet of a gopher like all right what do you got in store for me caddy Shack? The gopher was hilarious in this movie come on i don't think it'll come as any
1: surprise then after that note in the description that while they were making this film they were pretty much high the entire time that they were making this film. If you go back and look at the documentaries, Harold Ramis, <laughs> the director of yeah. Ghostbusters, yeah. he was the director of this film. And he talked in the documentary how just the actors and the writers and everybody were just basically smoking the entire time <laughs> that they were making this film. And you can kind of see it in this movie, in the different scenes.
0: There, there was a <laughs> lot in this film to like. Actually, after watching it, I was very captivated by, so it didn't make sense to me, the whole The whole film feels very disjointed. And I don't mean that from the movie is bad uh, because it was a good film and I did enjoy it. But it's almost like these threads of plot aren't connected. And I'm actually more fascinated what I learned about the making of the film than I am the film itself. That initially, this was like a John Hughes comedy about Danny and his journey with the golf club and the golf club. That's what it's supposed to be. And then they had some cameos from some famous comics that were going to be in there. And they just ad-libbed and took over the thing. Yes. To the point where it became these two films. Beca- they, they ultimately intersected and come together at the end. But the way they get there feels weird to me in watching it now in, in modern terms of construction of a film.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a contrived movie. Like, they basically wanted to showcase each of these, all this talent that they had, right? They went like, sure. Dangerfield to be able to be Dangerfield. You yeah. Know? Yes. They went Chevy Chase to be Chevy Chase. They wanted Bill Murray to be Bill Murray. Well,
0: they did, but they ended up amplifying their roles. Now, Bill
1: Murray was an afterthought. Don't forget that. Bill Murray's character was only supposed to have like two and a half minutes worth of screen time but when he got on set and started working harold ramus was like "Shit, just let him go and keep filming yeah. that's why his character grew so much a lot of that stuff that he did in the film it was supposed to be that scottish groundskeeper that you never saw again after those two scenes mm-hmm. a lot of that <laughs> stuff
0: was supposed to be his so i made a note actually that i noticed that bill murray appears to, like you could carve him out of the film and he doesn't matter because he doesn't interact mm-hmm. with him obviously of, for the until end. the finale until right. the very very end right. what he does is absolutely critical I understand. But up until then, like if he, you could edit him out like a Jar Jar Binks, like take out every Jar Jar <laughs> scene, you could still have a Phantom Menace, right? And not not comparing them like they're equivalent, but you could take out every Bill Murray scene, Sure, and it's his own little story of his fighting mm-hmm. with the thing. And I learned that that initially was supposed to be a non-speaking role, yes. and when it was written, Harpo marks in mind for yeah, that role. I did. Oh, really? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it's good that they didn't, I guess, and who knows what Harpo would have done with it, but famous for not speaking, so he was gonna be there. And I just <laughs> thought that was bizarre. So
1: what was one of the best parts of the Bill Murray character? Honestly, the one that everybody quotes to this day mm-hmm. is the Cinderella story scene. Oh, yeah. It's the Cinderella story. The Cinderella story. The guy on the Mo, you work for the PGA Tour. There's got to be <laughs> quotes up on the wall of that scene, I'm sure. Not in the really. PGA <laughs> office. No? What? No, not really. What's uh, a missed uh, opportunity.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, my, my favorite Bill Murray scene, though, is when he's caddying for the priest in the storm. Oh, yeah. To me, that in was... In the, the rainstorm. like, do you think yes. I should keep playing? And it's like this huge storm. He's like, I don't think the heavy stuff has come yet. You know, I mean, <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> or in the Dalai Lama story where he's got the kid pinned up against the wall with a pitchfork. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What did the Dalai Lama say? Gunda, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, what? <the> f- <laughs> where did he come up with that crap? Well, another
0: shining star of this film for me was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh yeah. Mm. First of all, God, has this film make me miss Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. For my money, this movie didn't even start until Rodney Dangerfield hit the screen. When he did, it just exploded wide open. And I had no idea, having not seen the film before, you know how you live in pop culture and you hear quotes all the time and you don't know they're quotes from a film you haven't seen? You yeah. just hear it. And it turned out every funny thing in this film that I enjoyed was a damn Rodney Dangerfield quote. Just about, yeah. <laughs> Four, should he yell two. Hilarious. What? I laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, so what? So let's dance. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that was from Caddyshack. <laughs> I don't know how many times I heard somebody fart and go, Is "Somebody step on a duck," and that was him too. <laughs> yes. That was all. Dangerfield. See if you
1: had only watched the film when I you know, were supposed to. How much more enjoyment you would have gotten out <laughs> of your life at this point I, it's i've truly squandered my life by not seeing it
2: again. i mean there's a lot, but ted knight as this kind of oh, like oh god he was, he was perfect that was perfect casting that was perfect casting you know yeah i mean the only time i ever seen him was on the mary tyler Moore show and
1: he basically played pretty much the same character well in too close for comfort he did that tv series for a little while yeah that's yeah. true mm-hmm. that's right. true yeah, yeah
2: he's just such a not likable person that you almost kind of like him a little bit you know he
1: was the only <laughs> yeah. actor on set that probably wasn't smoking dope while they were yeah, filming yeah exactly movie, right like you could see him off in the side damn kids he was also yeah. <laughs> quite
0: upset because remember i said that the those uh the comics uh you know your bill murray and your chevy chase and yeah. Dangerfield their roles got elevated when it found out how much fun they're having and how funny it was sure his role got diminished and so he mm. was upset by that too and, and the shenanigans he didn't like all the shenanigans on set yeah you can
1: understand that though look who the director was you know i mean harold remus that's his milieu you think about yeah. the ghostbusters and all the stuff mm-hmm. he's done stripes with bill borderline murray. slapstick goofiness yeah, yeah. He loves that kind of stuff, so I can understand why to him the Ted Knight character wasn't as important as all the other characters. And it almost, if he'd have reduced that role any more, it would have hurt the film. It would have because you needed Ted Knight in there. You need a bad guy, yeah. Right? You need yeah. someone
2: to be against. So,
0: and in watching it after having read that, I almost wonder if Ted Knight's frustration as an actor, without was going, didn't actually help and elevate his ability to be the kind of kind of annoyed guy in yeah. the film that he had to yeah. play. So I, I only. Is like a method actor right it's like i'm actually annoyed that makes it easy so.
1: <laughs> and i got one question i just want to know how many damn kids lived in the noonan household at the beginning what the of the hell film, was going on with was that like was that 37 Orson? children in there and the, the father's like <laughs> who's this Duggers. one that's your uncle's cousin's nephew <laughs> and they whatever. never go back to that they never do what what's the point of all I that i think the only thing is that that shows that he was poor and couldn't afford college that's the only thing i can because remember they had the college fund jar you could have done that with two parents but yeah you didn't have to do it unnecessary those were just the kids who were like their parents were filming the movie and they were like throw them in the movie everybody bring your kids down to the set we're gonna do a giant across the set as much as you want you know that's it hey why not so what do you guys think is the best quote of the movie I know that's hard but what do you think the best quote for you from that film is because there's so many it's maybe the most quotable film we're gonna talk about here today I know you guys are gonna say the last film we're gonna talk about probably is but
0: (laughs) mine I already said my favorite quote quote the one that made me pause and wait laughing and rewind to watch it again and laugh again was Dangerfield somebody step on a duck that was for me (laughs) and and that was all improv stuff that was just Dangerfield being Dangerfield I read again and researching this that Harold Ramis, he said, action, and Rodney didn't know what that meant because he'd never been on a film set. And so the mm. way that he started Rodney's scenes is he said, Rodney, do your thing, and he started acting. Really? And much of it was improv. Yeah. So that's it for me. That's kind of how Back to School got made as a film. <laughs> they just told Rodney, go out
1: there. You're on campus, and you're going to dive off a diving board. Do your there thing. You
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So George, what's your favorite quote? I mean, you you set this up. Yeah. My favorite
1: quote has got to be, "Be the ball." That's the one, ball. one that has lived on in the my- sports no, no. Yeah. you know Chevy Chase the <laughs> and then the putting around the which putting by green. the way
0: he was doing six million dollar man noises not for nothing That was I, what I, he was I get doing. that yes he was
1: but it's the be the ball quote that and they bring it up in multiple parts in that film in different ways but for me as a guy who played sports growing up that was a thing that your coaches after that film came out every coach in America had that as part of your like let's all get hyped part of the game be the ball you know like if you playing baseball or basketball even football which didn't make any sense because be the ball you got crushed every day and play it was just so much fun. not the
2: best thing to be actually my favorite wine was when uh is a dangerfield quote of course mm, appropriately yeah yeah Where he's like he said there oh i guess you buy this hat where well, you get a free bowl of soup yeah.
1: <laughs> you buy this hat they give you a free bowl of soup yes that was awesome
0: and that was poking fun at ted knight wasn't yeah. it because he had the he sees you, it looks in good.
1: And the, the dinner <laughs> thing, and he, he walks by. He's like, good kid, good kid, good. Now I know why tigers eat their young. And he just walks off. <laughs> Everything Dangerfield it's, like, does. It's all throw- they're throwaways, but it's all it's gold.
2: And also, oh, you, know, and you just know that they didn't write any of that script. They probably just had him. Well, he, like I John said,
1: s-
0: they just said. Do it. The script probably said, Rodney Dangerfield here. That's all the yeah. script said. Yeah. Have him do stuff. He's doing stuff at a dinner party. He's doing stuff on a boat. He's doing stuff on the golf course. Just do stuff. <laughs> y- you know, they were probably saying like, okay, hey, this is great. We only, because
1: I know they, the average is to try and shoot one page of script per day, day. in the film industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, really? look, this page only has one line on it. An this will be easy This is Rodney. Day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, but you know what, though? That one is probably one of the more enjoyable days on the set, though, because you could probably... Oh,
1: God. Every day he he was on the set. Every
2: day. John, because you mentioned, like, you know, made you realize how much you miss him. That's like a lost comic art, the one-liner. Yeah. 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 You don't really see that anymore.
0: It's like a Don Rickles kind of thing. Yeah, is exactly. that same kind of You no, have to have Zinger. a wit. Like yeah. writing is one thing, but the ability to just kind of extemporaneously just go off of stuff and it's all gold. Psh, yeah, forget about yeah. it. Yeah. And there were some other interesting people in that film as well. Like,
1: I don't know if you guys noticed, but the actress who played Lacey Underall, she was actually the lead female from Tron. Same person
0: two years later. Oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't make the connection. Yeah, okay. she played
1: Laurie. She had a couple other stuff here and there, but she never really did anything other than those. Those two films that were as critically acclaimed or successful as those were. Yeah. Well, okay. if you're
0: going to get residuals off of something, there's a couple of good ones to pick, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> They're going to keep playing those two movies. There was one scene that jumped out at me the whole way through the scene that felt like 20 minutes long. Remember the, the swimming pool scene with the, the oh, With the, the candy bar? The the candy bar? You didn't like that? Really? I I'm saying I didn't like it. I'm saying it was funny. What I'm saying is that it felt like it wasn't connected to the rest of the movie and it, it was wasn't. unnecessary. And it felt like it went on forever.
1: Yeah. I'll give you that. I
0: don't know. was They played the Jaws theme. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it was all cool. It was like a skit. It was like, Hey, today while we're shooting this, why don't we do a whole thing at the pool just for giggles? I feel like it was somebody's sweetheart scene that like, you know, it'd be funny if we threw a baby Ruth in a pool. Like that's a scene that's got to go yeah. in the movie. It felt I think the only thing in. that could
1: have saved it is if Rodney Dangerfield had been at the pool that day. If he'd been in the around pool. messing yeah. with yeah, people right. or something. <laughs> just, oh, come but, on.
0: Bill Murray
2: picking it up and eating it. Well, that was a different scene. That's like, it funny, that's though. like five minutes it later it was but it was doesn't funny. serve it the hilarious. story
0: at all like if you were trimming this movie like for television you need to, you know need time constraints you could take the whole pool scene out and nothing happened in that, that you couldn't handle with a single line well, somewhere it, else of course
1: though if they did cut it out there was yeah. only this movie was only an hour and a half long anyway so they probably yeah. needed some extra no, they
0: maybe, <laughs> maybe
1: they went back and shot that later <laughs> as a kid after seeing this movie that scene got talked about a lot sure <laughs> oh sure it was funny it was <laughs> so, funny but yeah. think oh, yeah. about why it got talked about a lot it didn't get talked a lot about for the original part of it where it's all the caddies running into the pool and causing mayhem what got talked about was the baby ruth and bill murray's portrayal of eating the baby ruth later the part of the caddies being in there that wasn't that good like and i think it's because those actors no offense to them some of them are very fine actors today I don't think they could stand up to the Bill Murray's and the Chevy Chase's and the Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, no, there's a blinding
0: light standing next to you. You're not going to see your little yeah. dim bulb. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Was,
2: it was definitely like one of those things that any time any one person was in a the scene, they stole it. Right. You couldn't really have them together because it would just be competing lights, you know?
0: They even did that
1: in that dinner scene. Remember when Rodney Dangerfield, he's walking through the lobby and he gets up and then Chevy Chase's tie character walks in. They shake hands and split off and Dangerfield leaves the scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: think that's on purpose like you yeah, said, Mo. So. Because you can't have all those guys
0: in the scenes <laughs> yeah. together until There's the There's just end too of the much film. power in the same place. It'll <laughs> yeah. <get a> Supercharged. <laughs> you know, something that you mentioned too, George, and I've noticed about all these films we're talking about that's different today in many ways than how films are kind of cast – I felt that a lot of these films, like Stir Crazy especially, we talked about, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of in Caddyshack, they have stars and they go, let's make a movie for this guy. Mm -hmm. Whereas today, someone writes a script and they go, who fits? You might have someone in mind, but you're like, who fits this? We'll do some casting. These were very much like, well, we got Bill Murray and Chevy Chase or Rodney Dangerfield. What do you want to do? Golf movie? Let's do it, you know? Right. And, and the, you talked about the vehicle that stir crazy was a follow-up mode to another uh, vehicle that had the two of them in it. So like, streak, oh, that, yeah. that was successful. Take those two actors yeah. and wrap a script around them. How about The Longest Yard? Let's recycle that, you know, and just right. kind of bolt it on there, like you said. Much like seeing the scenery of what was going on in the 80s, I think it's very interesting watching these to look at the structure of films and how Hollywood has changed since 40 years ago now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how about ratings? <laughs> Caddyshack. We're going to start with you, George. You are the hugest Caddyshack advocate. Yeah. How many tokens do you give Caddyshack? Watching it today, to today's standards. All
1: right. So if I was only going on the acting and writing and dialogue and everything, I would probably give this film four and one quarter token. However, still solid. There's another half token to be earned here. And that's because <laughs> Kenny Loggins is one of my favorite soundtrack people <laughs> of all time (laughs) i'm all right is the Um, song that you can't stop humming once you've heard it i still i watched this movie like earlier this week i am still singing that song as i walk through the living room and my wife's looking at me like i'm absolutely nuts so the addition of Kenny Loggins and his music throughout this film, to me, brings us to four and three quarters tokens. It's Ooh, nearly wow. perfect.
0: Solid. Mo, what about you? What do you think? How do so, you rate
1: it?
2: Yeah. I mean, just because, again, this is a movie that I had on VHS. Watch it with my friends over and over and over. Or even if we were doing something else, it was a background movie to always play because, you know, it's one that you kind of jump back to in the funny parts. So yep. I give this a solid four tokens.
0: Wow. Yeah. I You know, I, I think for my money, it's it's right up there like three and three quarter to four tokens. It's solid. I'm, I'm sorry that I never saw it. I don't know. And it wasn't like a conscious, I refuse to watch this movie. It's one of those that like, I hear that's fantastic. I'll get around to it. Like the Goonies, like, <laughs> like some of these <laughs> others. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and full four tokens actually, because I, I owe it that after neglecting it for 40 years. So <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> there you go. Four tokens from us. Solid, solid film. And this one is rewatchable. I would go back and watch this one again. I, of the, everybody who's seen it probably has the same amount opinion and now i do too i get to join the club (laughs) all right we have one more to look forward to and that's right after this break
2: never has the screen been so big you ever been in a cockpit before
1: no sir i've never been up in a plane before peter graves you ever seen a grown man naked kareem abdul jabbar my name is roger murdoch
2: i'm an airline pilot Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now.
0: In a world infatuated with comic fandom, comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad.
0: It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on CannedAirPodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. The last of our four films from 1980, now 40 years old, that we're uh, celebrating and looking back on, uh, is actually one that... I remembered liking and watching it again for this podcast. I found out I actually like it more now as an adult. (sighs) Still. Now, George, we'll we'll get to you. Still craving for the love of his life. Ted Stryker follows Elaine onto the flight that she's working on as a member of the cabin crew. Elaine doesn't want to be with Ted anymore. But when the crew and passengers fall ill from food poisoning, all eyes are on Ted. And this is a comedy. This is Airplane with an exclamation point. (laughs) Not to be confused with any other airplane. That's important. Oh, yeah. And this movie was like making fun.
2: Fun of all the disaster movies because they were everywhere. There were in the the seventies,
0: Towering Inferno, Beside the Adventure. Beside the Adventure. I mean, that was the big.
1: That was the thing. uh,
0: Airport, I think, was another big. uh, Even Final
1: Countdown was kind of around that time frame. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, Yeah, it was.
0: So yeah, this. I think this is probably one of the most quotable movies. (sighs) And we talk about casts. I mean, not that we're just enumerating everybody in the film, but Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Jonathan Banks, Barbara Billingsley, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. that, are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, it had a ton of... It's a who's who. And I
1: think that's what they were trying to structure when they built the film. They were trying to pick all the known people at that time, people who yep. were names, and throw them into this thing. Because in all honesty, I think they recognized that the writing wasn't that great, and they needed some star power to make this I film. Dis- I great. disagree <laughs> so with you know disagree. so it. vehemently. All I know. you you so
0: vehemently. I know you do. So let me defend the writing. Okay. Yes. All right. So I laughed throughout the this film. I don't remember mm. laughing at it regularly and watching it. I kept laughing. Now, part of it, I'm sure, has to do with my my twisted sense of humor, mm-hmm. but I love the writing is so good. They set up for gags. They contort themselves. They work so hard just for little payoff gags. They were so forced. Oh, my God, they were so forced. There's a difference uh, between forced and orchestrated. Yeah, and this one crossed that line, I'll tell you. Naming oh. the members of your cabin crew, Roger, Victor, and Clarence. Sure. And they yes. don't call it attention to it initially he's like hi i'm roger hey i'm clarence and his name is clarence over just to add yeah, some more yeah, it's problem over to
1: that is the bigger part yeah, yeah.
0: and then kareem abdul jabbar is roger and so every time on the mic they say roger huh yeah. What? <laughs> over, Clarence? No, it's Clarence over. No? <laughs> What's your vector, Victor? All that, they set that up and it pays off. And they do that over and over where they name things or establish things. To that point of that one that you're
1: talking about, they even had to figure out how to explain that a seven foot one man is in... A cockpit of an airplane because the kid comes in, he's like, "Aren't you Korean? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I- and then he eventually <laughs> Until he starts that trash he is. talking his play, right? Yeah. He's just what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. So it totally invalidates the whole
0: thing that you're talking no, about it's, about it's, the cabin
1: crew names because oh, that's not who he is. It doesn't invalidate.
2: That's a breaking down fourth wall humor there. That that is.
0: Yeah, at that point, they turn to the audience and say, "Wink, wink, you're in on the joke with us." Right? This is really clean. clever, oh, oh, by Abdul-Jabbar. And as far it. as the
2: game, the act, the cast, I think part of the genius of this movie. Was was to get non-comedian actors, traditional non-comedian actors, because hardly any of these guys were like a pure comedy like Robert movie.
1: Stack. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Peter Graves.
2: I mean, you know, this is Mission Impossible guy. I mean, you know, this is not what you would think as <laughs> right. comedy.
1: But that was my point. Nobody was funny. It, that's why I couldn't laugh the script
0: was funny no one was being funny oh. look there was no humorous thing about excuse me I speak jive that right. wasn't the funny part what was funny was the situation around it that was the funniest part of the movie to me though but that wasn't a funny line that was humor that came out of the situation that means it was well written right he's like Lloyd Bridges. I picked a bad week to stop
2: sniffing glue I mean it
0: got worse and worse Spoken, <laughs> and sniffing smoking and glue <laughs> taking
1: amphetamines yeah I mean
2: yeah taking amphetamines
1: <laughs> do you like Gladys Theater movies <laughs> <laughs> The fact that the the whole speaking jive thing was the funniest part to me in the movie. I still cringed at it because in today, in 2020, you can't make that movie you, with that line in it. That is so offensive now. You can't uh, do that scene in a film. No, you, you can't. You're judging this through today's lens. Well, because I'm watching 40 it today. Years and that's ago. my point is it doesn't hold up the way oh. that Caddyshack does. You just said that you would watch Caddyshack over and over again. I'm telling you, there are people right now who would protest if Airplane was put in the theater. I know Nobody would. would protest well, Caddyshack.
2: Maybe, but they don't have a sense of humor there. They're then. cutting off their nose despite their face, hmm. right? When the automatic pilot starts deflating. Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> you got to reinflate him. It's cute. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's cute
2: just the fact that like later on when the, he's i give up and he just grabs this inflatable pilot throws him in the seat if you notice the hands reach up grab the steering wheel and, and grab the steering wheel. When he throws <laughs> it behind him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. to me there's a, a lot of detail in this movie that was just like you see cream later when the hope it was panicking he's in uniform he's in his basketball uniform in one
0: seat right. yeah yeah that calls to a good point so i love so this was zucker abram zucker the Zaz team right these are the people that did police squad and uh, the naked gun series naked gun series i love kentucky fried movie stuff like that and this is like that amplified they kind of toned it down later for those but mo you mentioned one uh, nine to five you're gonna watch you said you might watch it kind of casually or kind of skim through it if you just casually watch airplane you'll miss out on half the jokes because there's a lot of setup so many things are like sight gags that don't draw attention to themselves they just happen like for example if you're not paying attention they're in the cockpit in the beginning with those three guys i was talking about with Mm -hmm. clarence victor and roger whatever Mm -hmm. and they're getting refueled and he reaches over and he grabs the credit card machine and runs his right. card in the machine and hands it back to the guy like he's got like a gas station attendant. <laughs> or the fact
1: that Jimmy Walker is cleaning off the windshield and then falls to his death apparently. And then falls,
0: right? right. And, but they don't call attention to it. They don't cut away and show him falling. They're just like things are happening a guy goes ah! and you yeah. had to know. You had to be paying attention. Yeah. And I love that. and I love that kind of sight gag stuff that pays off when you pay attention or in a subsequent watch. Yeah.
1: I do too, but I'll say you mentioned Naked Gun series. I think Naked Gun did a much better job of what this film was trying to do because Naked Gun's narrative, it was composed. Everything flowed really well. I felt this film's narrative was so disjointed between all the cuts that it took me out of the story so much that I couldn't enjoy it.
2: Totally disagree. See, I disagree with you too. I think the Naked Gun was a bad attempt to try to make airplane again. Try to make airplane again. Yeah, Yeah. take (laughs) that same formula. Because it was a magic in airplane. To me,
1: this was just like 57 YouTube short videos clipped together at once.
2: That's all this was to me. John, the one thing that i think we can feel safe about is that when our
0: listeners hear
2: this i think george is gonna get blasted <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: fine I, I don't mind that i don't know i don't know well frankly that's it, true that's true we'll see we'll see you know what it could surprise me until i heard george say he didn't like it i never heard anybody say they didn't like it Yeah, neither. he's the first, the first i liked it back
1: in the day that's <laughs> fairness, my point right you didn't say 1980s hated it, right? i liked it back then I don't think it's good now. Now that I've watched more comedy films, now that I'm older, now that I think a little bit more, to me that was just so mind-numbing. I just couldn't enjoy it. I will say there was one saving grace in the film. At the very end of the film they're in the tower and they're looking at the radar screen and at least the characters are playing Atari 2600 basketball. At least that was in
0: the film. And you know who's playing the Atari basketball? That's Mike Ehrmantrout from Breaking Bad. Jonathan Banks is working in the tower there. He has like one line, but I I spotted him. I'm like, they have everybody in this movie who went on to become great things. I I have to one more time say, George, I had an opposite experience from you. I also liked it some when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But now that I think more and I see more, you know, storyline and I more cerebral stuff that I enjoy, I found it funnier now because it was a shut your brain off. Look at this silly shit kind of movie. And Mm -hmm. that made me laugh even more. Yeah, I just didn't like that. Well, you're wrong. It's it's unfortunate. Okay, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. I do too. Like
2: I said, I could have done a whole show on airplane. We could talk about scene by scene. I mean, we could done, I mean, in my opinion,
1: me, I could
2: have talked about this one for the entire time. That
0: would time. have been worth it just to hear George in pain. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I just got tuned into that show. It'd be a two-man show that time. I'm not on that one. That's <laughs> yeah, you do yeah. that show
2: yourself. And Louis is getting larger. I mean, oh. come on. There's just so many. And stop calling me Shirley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't call me I remember me that was a t-shirt people have, and I'm like, wait. That's probably the most quotable line from that film is, you know, yeah. yes, I'm serious, and don't call the recurring
0: sure gag, you know, we need to get to the hospital. What is it? Well, it's a large building full of patients. That's not important now. They right. use that over and over and over. And it's funnier every single time because it, it's a trope of writing that they're calling attention to and making sure you know that they know it's a silly way to structure yeah. dialogue. Mm. Okay. Shall so okay. we get to ratings? This could be contentious. Yeah. Let's see how this, this goes. Let's <laughs> just start with George on this one. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start with Mo. We started okay, with George we'll start before. Let's start with you, Mo. So, how many tokens? This is a
2: comedy classic, in my opinion, that other comedy movies, no one's ever going to replicate this again. It's kind of like the first Matrix movie that came out. It was groundbreaking and no one could really do it again.
0: Well, it's lightning in a bottle. You got everybody
2: yeah. in the right place at the right time. Right time. So I don't think it's ever going to be repeated and, and shouldn't be, quite honestly. So I give this four and a half.
0: Okay. Should we save George for last? let's yeah, save, let's him for, save him for
2: last because I have okay. really strong opinions on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make sure that the listeners have plenty of fodder
1: by saving me for last so that they like,
0: what did he do? Um, I, I think I'm right in line with you, Mo. I think four and a half tokens is fair for this film. I might go a little higher because I don't know for a film of that era how much funnier it could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I've watched more f- comedy in intervening years and have not laughed as much as I laugh rewatching Airplane. Uh, part of it's, I'm sure, because of the history of it and kind of the how some of the stuff is kind of taboo now, lines that you wouldn't say or sexual references you might not do it in th- that kind of way. But the fact that I turned off my brain and laughed, I, I would agree with you, four and a half tokens. All right, George. So that's the lose. end of the show. Let's move on. Oh, wait, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right so after all your naysaying you said
1: you didn't hate the film i didn't hate the film no it's not your favorite um and i'm i'm trying to be careful of my rating here because i think the two of you with your outlandish ratings on this film the appropriate are almost forcing me to fair, go lower fair. than i normally would just to try and bring the average down a little bit oh come on don't those so scan the system i don't want to do that i want to just be honest don't wreck the curve <laughs> so i did enjoy it in the 80s when i first watched it i'm not going to say that there weren't moments that i enjoyed I will say that I actually never laughed. Verbally, while watching this film now, oh, I feel bad for for all the other three films, even Star Crazy, which I wasn't a big have. I laughed at different parts of those films Hmm. verbally out loud. Okay, this one I just didn't. I appreciate the skill it took to craft those jokes and to continue them throughout the film to build them. I appreciate that, but the narrative of the story I watch a film for a narrative, I watch a film for a story, and when the editing and the moving between the scenes takes me out of that I can't enjoy the film that's probably a fault with myself not anything to do with the film (laughs) so with that in mind I'll go ahead and give Airplane a three out of five tokens okay because I recognize that it may just be something with the way that I view films and you two are so sure of your ratings that I'm giving (laughs) credit that I think you two might have a better look at this film than I did if I can't enjoy the story I can't enjoy the film, regardless of what type of film it is. So I
2: did a bunch of research, of course, on this, and Roger Ebert, his review of this, I think, sums it up perfectly, where he says that Airplane is sophomoric, obvious, predictable, corny, and quite often funny. And the reason it's funny frequently is because it's sophomoric, predictable, corny. <laughs> you know? I mean, he loved, he liked the movie. To me, it was like almost like a, it was exactly what it wanted it to be. It wasn't trying to be anything else. It was like, mm-hmm. this is the movie we're going to make. And this is it. And it, it just totally embraced it. So I thought it was great.
0: And I think you really struck on a chord there, George. You, you finally kind of put into words why it is it didn't resonate with you. Mm-hmm. You're right. The story is super th- thin and flimsy. Yeah, There's almost yeah, yeah. nothing there. We're on a plane. Some people get sick. That is a skeleton on which they hang these robust, funny little scenes. And that just didn't resonate with you. And I get that, but I, yeah, I definitely yeah, respect yeah. your rating. I thought you were going to trash I it. I'm, I thought I'm so too. would be a lot more. You lower. weren't vindictive. Thank you for that. No, so, yeah. I, would, I, would,
1: <laughs> I, I have to be honest as much as I can when I give these ratings, because I feel that the Gen X grown up token rating system is by far the most valuable rating system on the planet <laughs> I agree, right 100%. Now. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> So I yes. wanted to Severely do that Severely underappreciated. Justice. Thank you for that. <laughs>
0: yes. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on GenXGrownUp.com. It's hard to believe that some of these films were 40 years ago now. We were all, what, were all 12 years, years old. They came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, some of them, great. Some of them, not yeah, so some, great. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a parting shot. I want to say that if you had to watch one of these four films again, like somebody said, let's watch a movie. It's got to be one of these four. Which, Which one, one of I these pick? is your go-to huh. that you're okay. going to watch? Uh, Mo, how about you? Start. With- oh, actually, that's a pretty easy question for me. It'd be Airplane. It'd be airplane. George, how about you?
1: Uh, it'd be a double feature of Caddyshack and 9 to 5. Uh, again. You gotta, you, one, you, you, got <laughs> to, you gotta
2: pick
0: one dude you've got pick one dude you have got to You're cheating. you are cheating okay right. which one do you watch first that'll be your answer oh it's so whichever one the theater showing first I'm watching both ah, damn it doesn't matter to me okay uh, it's obviously
2: Caddyshack because alphabetically that's first so it's Caddyshack okay Caddyshack. <laughs> sure done.
0: thank you for fixing George Mo. appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> I would do airplane as well I mean uh, nine to five I, I agree love that yeah. film and I will watch that again stir crazy I may never go back I to Caddyshack really I will for either. sure now that I finally exposed myself to it so I know how much is waiting there for me but airplane i can put on now and i'll always get something new out of it and i laugh out loud i'm like uh, sorry you don't george we'll, we'll get you fixed yeah. one day and you'll understand yeah so. yeah <laughs> before we leave you know I always like to take just a second here at the end to give our thanks to all people to support us financially over on Patreon give a buck or two or five or more every single month to support the things that we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on our website and I am grateful and I want to thank each and every one of you Craig Ben Levi Tom <laughs> J Mike C Mark's Jewmonkey Greg Z Adam Dana Davis T2 Agile Steen, John with an H Greg L Travis Thomas Tony Slobo blasted Stashit, David Chet Dan Marcus Chad and one of our long Time patrons increased their pledge not to be outdone by Marcus all the way up to $25 a month. Who was it,
1: George? It was
0: Stubaka. Stubaka. Wow. It's his favorite name to say. I had to let George do that. And he
1: sent us a note. He said, maybe now I'll be George's favorite fourth listener again. (laughs) If I say yes, then I'm going to get in trouble.
0: (laughs) You always were. (laughs) He's like the Hulk. My secret is, I always love Stubaka. (laughs) <laughs> so grateful Stubacca for you for increasing your pledge and for each and yeah, every one of you. you for supporting us it means the world if you're not yet a patron and you're interested in helping out with what we do George would you tell the fourth listeners how they can go about joining
1: absolutely all you have to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash patreon there are plenty of levels for you to choose from. $1 means you love us, we love you. $2, we love each other doubly as much. $3 is just for fun. $5, $10, $25. <laughs> we'll make fun. levels all day long. We'll throw in some <laughs> swag. We're getting 3D printers, which means I'm pretty sure that in the near future, there's going to be some custom Gen X swag Damn straight. added to some of those levels for sure. Um, we really appreciate the support that you guys show us each and every month with those donations. It really does make a big difference. We talk all the time about things that we want to log into or buy or subscribe to, to help this podcast or the YouTube channel Mm -hmm. or us going to conventions. And the biggest reason why we're able to do that and count on it is because of these monthly subscriptions, these charity donations through Patreon that you guys
0: give us every single month. Absolutely. Could have said it better myself. Yeah. Thanks so much to you. Thank you, George, for walking us through that. We hope you will join us. That's going to wrap it up for this show. Of course, we'll be back in two weeks with another Backtrack but next week with a regular edition of our show until then I'm John George thank you so much for being here yes sir and Mo you know I appreciate you and always fun fourth listener we appreciate you though most of all and we'll talk to you next time bye bye see you guys take care everybody no life no fun don't you know
1: that you're a grown up
0: Jidex Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com no more shows till sunrise. sunrise unacceptable Dinner, can't just basically life sucks as a okay i think we're ready enough you guys
1: good fair enough yeah okay if not we'll just fuck it up like we always do yeah, we, we fuck it up so well though
0: <laughs> did and i not do the thing about i guess we're not what,
1: talking about anything anymore I, i'm
0: just trying to think about what, <laughs> what <laughs> is. We
1: fucked up i right stole from the start i, I did, did I, right thought right his, the I thought his video
0: just froze <laughs> <laughs> he was like, <gasps> I was like "Do we lose john yep <clears throat> you did not okay uh, i pick it up from there Yep. Well, you can do this one, too, if you want. I don't care. I was just no, saying I, if nobody wanted to. No, no. You nobody go ahead want and me do that. Right, I'll do it. Yep. Okay. Because I'm not doing airplane. Fuck it. <laughs> so much hatred. I didn't like it. I think you enjoy hating it more than you actually hated it. I think so.
1: <laughs> I think you might this be This is right.
0: fun. I love hating this thing. <laughs> I'd like to
1: put it in the number two slot. You okay, George? Yeah, I, think I was, was just trying to not up? to speak because I was trying to be respectful oh, oh. of Mo's
0: opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. I should make sure you're okay. Is he, is he breathing? <laughs>